In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And it's always great to be with you. I'm your host, Father Ed Broom, OMB. Great to be with all of you. We always like to start off our conversation, especially on Saturdays, by honoring Mary. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, in the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Therefore, let us start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us, to pray with us and to pray for us. As we try to honor her son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray the prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary. Full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the Sweet Guest of the Soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our Counselor. Our Counselor as well as our Consoler. Holy Spirit is also known as our Sanctifier. In our pursuit of holiness, the universal call to holiness, we're all called to become saints. The Holy Spirit can help us out immensely. The Holy Spirit is also our interior master. St. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 8, we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so we can say Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's lift our minds, our hearts, our souls to our spiritual director and say the pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit who is truly the sweet guest of our souls. Together. Come, Holy Spirit. 
fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, World without end. Amen. Our Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Francis Xavier, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. How true it is, my friends, a family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So I will be praying for all of you and the Masses I have today. I've got two weddings, but weddings with Masses. I'd like to place all of you on the altar. Beg for special graces. There's no greater prayer in the whole world than the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It is the prayer par excellence, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So, I'll be placing you on the altar and with these intentions. The first will be, I'd like to pray that all of us would be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That all of us would pray as such. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. That's right. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. May we be open to the Holy Spirit, our sanctifier. My next intention, I'd like to pray for, your, for our families. 
that our families would draw closer to God. Our families. I like to pray for the conversion of our family members. For the sanctification of our family. And I'd like to also pray for the the, conver- the salvation of our family members. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said this, What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? So I'd like to pray that our family members would be saved. And last but not least, I'd like to pray also for I'd like to pray also for those who are dying. Those who are dying that they would die in the state of grace. Pray for those who are dying that perhaps are not prepared, that they would open their hearts to God's mercy and and that they would be saved. May God bless all of us through the powerful prayer of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So, my friends, as always, there's a lot to cover today in our conversation. I thank God for the saint that we celebrated yesterday, the Curie of Ars, St. John Maria Vianney. Today, it's a double Marian feast day. Well, in the sense that it's the first Saturday of the month of August. It's also the celebration of the feast day of St. Mary Major. Also, it's the feast day of my founder, Venerable Brun Lanteru, who died August 5th, 1830. Then we have, we move from the book of Exodus to the book of Leviticus. And the topic today is the Jubilee year. That the Jewish people would celebrate a Jubilee year and so does the Catholic Church. A Jubilee year. And then the Gospel for today is the account of the passion, death, and martyrdom of St. John the Baptist. So, there's a lot to cover today. 
lot, a lot to cover today. So Saturday also is a day in which we like to honor Mary in a very special way. So let's uh, let's start with let's start with the with the commemoration of the memory today. It's called the the dedication it's known as the de- it's known as the dedication of the feast day of Saint Mary Major. This is Mary's first Marian Basilica in Rome. You probably know in Rome that there are are churches in Rome and the most prominent churches are known as the basilicas. And the word basilica means the home of the king. The four most prominent basilicas in the city of Rome, it's good to know this, would be St. Peter's, where you have the Vatican. The second would be St. John Lateran, which is the seat of the Pope, dedicated to St. John the Baptist, who we encounter today in the Gospel. Then we have another one, it's the Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls, commemorating the death and the person of the great apostle St. Paul. Then we have St. Mary Major. So those are the four major basilicas in Rome. St. Peter's, St. John Lateran, St. Paul Outside the Walls, and St. Mary Major. This basilica was dedicated by the Pope, Pope Sylvester, I'm sorry, Pope Sixtus III. It was around the year 435. The original structure of this church was built in the 3rd century under Pope Liberius. It is said that Mary signaled her choice of the church's site with an August snowfall. Imagine snow falling right now in Los Angeles or or snow falling in August in Rome, that's unthinkable. And it was a sign that she gave John, a devout and wealthy patrician, commanded that the church be built. It was a sign that the church be built there. So after the construction of this church, A miraculous shower of white white rose petals fell upon the gathered faithful. So it's known as Maria 
uh, Nives, our, our Lady Mary of the Snow. So today we celebrate this Basilica of St. Mary Major, which is the first and most prominent Marian Basilica in the whole world. So we want to honor Mary in, in many ways today. Continuing in our honoring of Mary, and by honoring Mary, we always honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And by honoring our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he always honors and praises his Father. Today is the first Saturday of the month, and Our Lady of Fatima asked Sister Lucia to promote the devotion of the five first Saturdays. And if we would heed these five first Saturdays, and Mary promised us that, that, that the moment of our death, that she would be present for us so that we would be saved. What a beautiful thing it is to have Mary at our bedside. Isn't that beautiful when you think about it? Having Mary at our bedside when we're about to breathe our last so that she'll pray for us and help us to repent of our sins, to entrust ourselves to God's mercy and to end our lives by loving God. What were the requests that Our Lady made? Here's a beautiful picture of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. What were the requests that Mary made to live out this devotion? Well, okay, it's five first Saturdays in a row. So if we're starting now, it would be August, September, October, November, December. You know, 10 till the end of the year. Make a confession within a week before this day or with, uh, a confession after this day. Then, Our Lady wants us to also pray the rosary. Every time she appears in Fatima to the children, May 13th all the way up until October 13th, she says to pray the rosary. She says to pray the rosary. And then Mary also says to meditate upon the mysteries of the rosary, one of the mysteries of the rosary for, for 15 minutes. Then Our Lady said also to go to Mass and to offer your communion to make a communion of reparation, a communion of reparation for the sins against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And she mentions 
five different sins against her immaculate heart. Five different sins. So I'd like to just go through these five different sins and we can offer these when we go to Mass today and receive communion and make the communion of reparation. And we'll beg Mary that she will be present to us when we die so that we would be saved. As Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul in the process? So these are the five different areas of reparation that we want to offer to repair for the sins against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And what would they be? First would be the sins against the Immaculate Conception. And the American conception, my friends, is simply this. That God gave Mary many wonderful privileges. Many wonderful privileges. Starting with the Immaculate Conception. And the Immaculate Conception basically means this, that God in his infinite wisdom, decided to endow Mary with a unique grace that in the very moment of her conception, in the womb of St. Anne, her mother, whose feast day we celebrate on July 26th with her husband, St. Joachim, is at the very moment of her conception, Mary received this unique privilege. She was preserved from the stain of original sin. When we're conceived in the womb of our mother, then we contract original sin. But God preserved Mary from original sin. And St. Thomas Aquinas said that that's very, very opportune. Because with Christ coming into the world, had to come into the world of the most pure vessel and what was through Mary most holy. 
And the Immaculate Conception Mary was a gateway by which our Lord could come into the world in the most pure vessel possible. So that's the first. We want to offer our communion reparation for those who perhaps deny the Immaculate Conception, even Catholics. The second would be offer up your communion of reparation for the sins against Mary's perpetual virginity. And it's another privilege that God gave to Mary. That privilege is the following. Mary made a promise to God. And the promise to God that she made was that she would give her her total self to God in perpetual virginity. So Mary was virgin before the birth of Christ during the birth of Christ and after the birth of Christ. I repeat, this is another Marian privilege. Mary was virgin before the birth of Christ during the birth of Christ and after the birth of Christ. Now let's pray that we would be able to ourselves live out that very important virtue of purity. Very very important virtue of purity. And to be able to live out Matthew 5.8, which is one of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. We're talking about Our Lady Fatima's request, which are called the the first the first Saturdays. First Saturdays, what you requested. And the third will be in reparation for what are called the sins against Mary's divine maternity. When we say divine maternity, it means Mary's motherhood. And of all of Mary's privileges, Mary's divine maternity is her greatest. Is her greatest. Divine maternity means Mary is the mother of God. And actually, the Basilica of St. Mary Major was dedicated shortly after one of the Marian 
one of the ecumenical councils, the Council of Ephesus, that proclaimed Mary as the Theotokos, which means the God-bearer, Mary, the mother of God. We honor Mary as the mother of God, my friends, every time we pray. Every time we pray the Hail Mary, we're honoring Mary as the mother of God because we say, Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Then the other, the fourth intention of reparation would be the sins against Mary's images. those who damage the images of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And that could be a statue of Mary, it could be a painting of Mary, it could be uh, an icon of Mary, it could be a chapel in honor of Mary, it could be a church in honor of Mary. We want to honor the images of Mary. Just look at this image here. It's a beautiful depiction of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We are not iconoclasts and we're not Jehovah Witnesses. But rather we, we believe in the use, the proper use of images. And the image we see of Mary, it represents the Blessed Virgin Mary and it shows our, our love and our concern for her. We like to have albums with photos. Today we've got them on our phone. And it calls to mind the persons that we love most. And the last act of reparation would be in reparation for all those who draw children away from Mary or draw children away from God. And I'd say today more than ever, especially in the field of academics or education. Sad to say, many children are being scandalized by false doctrines, by erroneous ideologies. And I would say I would, I would quote the very strong words of Jesus Christ. Now these are the words of Christ, but they're very strong toward those who are scandalizing children, drawing them away from Christ. And Jesus says this, listen to this. Scandals indeed will enter into the world. But woe to those, woe to those who scandalize the little ones, the children. Woe to you. Strong words. Then Jesus continues by saying that better for this person to have a millstone 
tied around his neck and to be cast into the sea than to scandalize one of these little ones. In the town where my relatives live in New Hampshire, New London, there is a restaurant on Main Street. The name of that restaurant is the Millstone Restaurant. And I've been there more than once. Outside the restaurant itself, there's a huge millstone. It's circular. It's cement. And there's a hole in the middle of that millstone. It almost looks like a huge tractor wheel. It must weigh hundreds of pounds. I think about jumping on the Queen Mary, Long Beach, and going out a couple of miles when the water is very deep. And the captain decides to put that millstone around your neck. And then to throw you into the throw you into the sea. You're going to sink to the bottom right away. It's one of the strongest images that Jesus gives. So we want to offer we want to offer our communion in, in reparation for the sins against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And those sins would be as Carmen is placed on the screen. Thank you, Carmen. The sins against the Immaculate Conception the sins against Mary's perpetual virginity, the sins against Mary's divine maternity, the sins damaging the images that represent the love of Mary and the sins against the little children. So my friends, my friends, try to live out the request of Our Lady of Fatima and the Immaculate Heart of Mary by of course praying your Holy Rosary today by meditating upon the mysteries of the Rosary for 15 minutes by going to Mass and by making a communion of reparation and make the communion of reparation and reparation for as Carmen is placed uh, on the screen in reparation for the sins against the Immaculate Conception her perpetual virginity her divine maternity the images against Mary, and finally those who scandalize children. Very interesting, my friends. Uh, over the past nine, ten years, I've, I've given 
uh, missions in Los Angeles and even in the Orange Diocese. These missions consist my message my um, missions consist basically in Marian consecration as well as the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius Loyola. And in these missions, I consecrate the people to Mary in the Marian missions. But most people I know, when I do the Marian missions, they have Marian devotion, but they don't know the Marian dogmas. These are the four Marian dogmas. The Immaculate Conception, Mary's Divine Maternity, Mary's perpetual virginity, and also there's a fourth Marian dogma that was proclaimed in 1950 that we'll be celebrating in 10 days. So we can actually start the novena today or tomorrow. That is the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into heaven, body and soul. It's interesting when we talk about a novena because uh, Saint Faustina Maria Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska she would make novenas, but especially she'd make novenas to the Blessed Virgin Mary on in preparation for Marian feast days. Most especially the Macca conception and the assumption of Mary into heaven and Mary's divine maternity. And what what Saint Faustina would do is she would, for nine days in a row, she would pray a thousand Hail Marys every day For nine days. Can you imagine that? So for every day, every day for nine days, St. Faustina would pray a, a thousand Hail Marys. Not bad. Not bad. Now you may not be able to pray a thousand Hail Marys. But you can do something special. To honor the Blessed Virgin Mary. So the gospel for today, my friends, 
is the following. What I'd like to do with the gospel and the readings, I'll, I'll take the passage. I'll give you a summary of the passage and then an interpretation of the passage. And then finally, I'd like to give not only an interpretation, but an application how we can apply this passage to our own lives. The gospel passage for today is we see the person of St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist, the precursor of Christ, he's had the courage to speak up against King Herod. King Herod has created a public scandal. King Herod has taken the wife of his brother Philip. Her name is Herodias. Herodias has a daughter, Salome. So John the Baptist says, it's not licit for you to be living with your brother's wife. Others did not have the courage to denounce the king, knowing that they would be punished for that. But John the Baptist didn't care. He denounced this. This, this was an adulterous an incestuous relationship. So, John the Baptist is thrown in prison. Now this is the end of the life of John the Baptist called the Passion of John the Baptist. King Herod has a birthday party. You probably know this passage very well, but it's good to recount it again and and uh, summarize it and give you an interpretation and application of it. So it's Herod's birthday and he's invited his friends and a lot of prominent people in his kingdom to his birthday party. And certainly he's eating and drinking and what happens is his his wife's daughter dances. It was probably a very sensual dance. Herod liked this dance very much. And he made a very extravagant promise. He liked it so much that he made a public promise. He says to the girl, ask whatever you want, I'll give you anything you want. Even up to half of my kingdom. 
So the girl goes to her mother, who has been fostering resentment, even hatred against John the Baptist because he denounced that living condition between her and King Herod. So the mother tells the daughter, now, go and tell the king that you want the head of John the Baptist on the platter. So in front of all the guests, the girl says, I would like the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Herod regretted this request. But given that he made this he made this request publicly in front of all these people, he could not renege. So what does he do? Herod, complying with the request of the daughter of Herodias, Salome, he sends executioners to the dungeon, the prison where John the Baptist has been chained. And John the Baptist is decapitated. And the head of John the Baptist is brought into the banquet in front of all the people. Given to the girl, and the girl gives it to her mother. This is the what is called the Passion and Death of St. John the Baptist. The Passion and Death of the Great St. John the Baptist. And then the disciples of John the Baptist asked for the body of John the Baptist and buried it. Then they went to tell Jesus about the death of his cousin John the Baptist. Jesus earlier said that of all the men born of women, none none was greater than John the Baptist. Of all the men born of women, none greater than the great St. John the Baptist. There are so many, so many virtues of John the Baptist. So many messages that we have from John the Baptist. But I'd like to pull out just uh, maybe about three messages, interpretation, application of the person of John the Baptist. Number one is that John the Baptist prepared himself for his mission and vocation. 
by cultivating a, li a, a life of deep prayer and a life of penance. My friends in Perseverance family, all of you have a mission. Rosemary is going to be preparing herself to become a CCD teacher, which is very, very important. We'll be praying for you. All of us are are given a mission. But for us to carry out our vocation, our mission, we have to be prepared. So we want to prepare ourselves by cultivating a deep life of prayer by practicing also penance and by an ongoing formation. Invite all, all of you to keep coming to our Perseverance family conversation. Invite your friends because part of the work I'm doing with you is I'm working on what's called our permanent Catholic formation. See what I did today. I talked about the historical construction of Saint Mar Saint uh, Mary Major. I talked about the first Saturdays of the month. I talked about the Marian dogmas. Now I'm talking about the gospel for today that highlights the virtue of Saint John the Baptist. So in our conversation, which we have every every morning, which lasts about an hour, I'm giving you a lot of a lot of education, a lot of formation. So this can be a means by which we are following up on our own permanent Catholic catechesis or biblical formation. And all of this, of course, is is free of charge. Another message of John the Baptist in the Gospel today is if you look at it objectively, one of the primary reasons why Saint John the Baptist died was to denounce a public scandal to denounce a public scandal which was a public adulterous and incestuous relationship that everyone knew about but it was a terrible public scandal and if we want to get down to the the essence of the whole theme itself John the Baptist is an ardent zealous defender of the truth, but he's an ardent, zealous defender of purity 
And he's an ardent, zealous defender of the sanctity of the sacrament of holy matrimony. He was denouncing adultery and impurity and incest in a world, my friends, dominated by greed and avarice and dishonesty and lust in which we live in a, in a pornographic society. St. John the Baptist, who was sanctified in his womb, even before he was born, by the presence of Jesus and by the words of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who, when she greeted Elizabeth, John the Baptist, leaped in the womb of Elizabeth. Let us, in honor of St. John the Baptist, be ardent, zealous, defenders of the truth, as well as defenders of holy matrimony that does not exist between two men and two women or a man just living with a woman, but rather holy matrimony is sanctified and blessed by a sacrament. The sacrament of the union of a man and woman who promise the day that they get married. They promise to be faithful to each other in good times as well as bad. Health as well as sickness. Riches as well as poverty. Until death do they part. So let's ask the great St. John the Baptist and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and Jacinta and Francisco to pray for us that we would be shining lights to the whole world. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Amen.